Welcome to the second episode of the new podcast series, Sincerely South. Sincerely South is brought to you by the College of Education and Professional Studies at the University of South Alabama. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Gaston, and with me today as my co-host is Dr. Jenny Manders. Jenny, it's great to have you here today. Thank you. It's so nice to be here, Joe. Well, and since this is your first time on the podcast, let's let our listeners know some things about you. So if you don't mind... Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at the college. Okay. Well, I grew up in Daphne. Um, I attended South in 1978 and then was gone for 30 years. And in 2010, South was kind enough to let me come home. And I am faculty in the Department of Integrative Studies. And I also chair the prior learning by um, assessment uh, committee for the university. And Bob and I work very closely to help adult learners get the academic credit that they deserve. Fantastic. Thank you. And that leads us into uh, what we're going to be talking about today. I, I have one quick story because as I was preparing for this interview today, it really made me reflect on on my personal journey because I went to undergraduate school here at South, graduated and went into the workforce, started raising a family, and when I hit about 35 years old, I realized I needed to accept my true calling and go back to be an educator. And that was hard uh, for, uh, at the time, we, we had two kids and uh, really turned things upside down. But, you know, I thought how nice it would have been to have had someone like you as a guide <laughs> along the way. So that leads us to our, our guest today. We have with us Bob Charlaboy. And you are with the Office of Adult Learner Services. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So let's, uh, let's back up a little bit and start off telling us your educational journey and how you got from, from there to, to where you are today with the office. It's, it's quite a journey. <laughs> um, I think I've been just about every type of student you can be. Uh, My freshman year of college, I went to an engineering school way up in the northern part of New York State near the Canadian border, Clarkson University. I was a chemical engineering major, and and I hated pretty much every minute of that year (laughs) that I was there. But while I was there, I started working on the college radio station and really enjoyed that. So um, ended up transferring after my uh, freshman year to um, State University of New York College at Fredonia out in the western part of New York State and majored in radio and TV production and and really enjoyed that. Then later I worked in the TV and film industry for several years and later in my life I moved back near my hometown. Um, I was in Saratoga Springs, New York, and uh, not much of a film industry there. So I was trying to figure out what my next step would be. Uh, and, And I was managing a restaurant at the time. So I went to a community college for a hotel restaurant management and culinary arts program, did about a year of that, and realized how much I loved being back in school. (laughs) So went to SUNY Albany and started a master's in English education. Um, Did, uh, let's see, probably half of that. (laughs) And I got a lot of bits and pieces (laughs) of education. Um, Did that, and then I ended up moving out of the area, so I didn't complete that master's. 
I started working at Appalachian State University in North Carolina as an assistant director in food services. I always say I came to higher education through the side door. <laughs> um, yeah, so work, working there, I was working around students, but not really with students. So at, at a certain point, I said, you know what, this I want to be working with students. So I uh, started a master's program in higher ed administration and leadership. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Throughout that program, everybody kept asking me, what do you want to do? I don't know. I want to work with students. Well, how do you want to work with students? I don't know. I just want to work with students. <laughs> so one night, I actually, I went to the university's website and just started looking through office sites. So, all right, you know, registrar's office, don't know that I want to do that. Financial aid, probably not. And uh, I, I hit on academic advising. And, and I knew the assistant director of the advising center. So I contacted him the next day and said, hey, can I come hang out there a couple hours a week and just watch what your advisors are doing? And he was good enough to let me. And uh, I, I fell in love with it and uh, graduated my program in December 2010 and was hired as an academic advisor um, a couple months later in spring of 2011. Fantastic. And that, but where was that? That was at Appalachian State. Okay. And so when did you come to South? I came to South uh, in August of 2016. And I was hired here to get the Pathway USA program kind of up and running. Um, I had been running a similar program at Appalachian State. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about the Pathway program? Yeah, sure. Uh, Pathway USA is an academic advising program run by South for students at the regional community colleges. We worked with Bishop State Community College, Coastal Alabama, Mississippi Gulf Coast. We added Pensacola State University. Um, and, and since I've left the Pathway program, they've added a few other schools. But uh, with that program, we would go to the community college campuses and meet with students who were planning to transfer to South, and, and we would advise them um, on, on the classes they needed for their particular major. So they'd be getting the same advising they would be getting if they were a South student. So, you know, we could guarantee that everything that they were taking would transfer and count towards degree completion so that when they got to the university, they would be pretty close to halfway done with their four-year degree. That sounds like a, a great program. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, at the time, a lot of schools were uh, taking similar efforts because, you know, if, if you talk to uh, a lot of transfer students, they're going to say, well, I transferred and my courses didn't transfer. And right. when in reality, a lot of times the courses did transfer, they just didn't take the right courses, um, which is not the student's fault. You know, it's 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 hard to figure out. And, you know, and that's why these programs exist. So, you know, it's disappointing for a student who, is, who has completed 60 hours to get to the university and find out that only 45 of those apply towards degree completion. Yeah, I bet. And that, what a great program to be able to help the kids or the students navigate through that to, to know what to expect. Yeah. It, it, it was, I, I love working with the program. It's awesome. And so when did you make the switch from that program over to the, the department that you're in now? Uh, it will be two years on uh, November 11th, I think. So just about two years ago. Great. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll find out all about the, 
the department that you're in now. And I believe we have some myths that we want to try to bust today, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, great. Okay. We'll be right back. We are adventurous. We are leaders. We are competitors. We are supporters. We are mentors. We are educators. We are community builders. We are collaborative educators. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are South. Are you an adult who started college but was unable to finish or considering starting from scratch? It's never too late to get a degree, and the University of South Alabama's Office of Adult Learner Services will help you every step of the way. Whether taking online or in-person classes, we provide guidance and support tailored to your unique needs as a busy adult. Contact us today to take your first step toward a bachelor's degree. Visit southalabama.edu slash adultlearner to get started. And welcome back. We're here today with uh, Bob Charleboy from the Office of Adult Learner Services. And we were about to get into uh, what this department is all about. So can you tell us what the, the purpose is and, and what that looks like? Sure. Um, Office of Adult Learner Services, we work with the uh, adult non-traditional population, helping them really from initial interest in the university right through to graduation. You know, that these adult students have uh, needs that are a little bit different than an 18-year-old coming to school as a freshman. Um, so we help them navigate the process of either coming back to school, um, if, if they had previous credits, or we have some that are starting school from scratch and really just uh, help them navigate along. Um, I do a lot of email outreach and just try to be available to help people with a little bit of everything. How, how long has this department been here at the university? Um, I've, so I've been doing it for two years, and I believe it started a year or so before that. Um, but the original director, Dr. Paige Vitulli, was also a department chair, faculty athletic rep, um, faculty member, and interim director of the office. So, you know, she she was wearing four hats, so this yeah. this office only four got... Four big hats. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I was the, the hired as the first full-time director and able to dedicate, you know, all my time and efforts towards it. You know, Bob, you said that you help students with a little bit of everything. Could you share a few things that you do help students with? Sure. Um, you know, I'm contacted all the time by students saying, you know, I want to come back to school. How do I do it? You know, uh, things have changed for somebody who's been, who was in school 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's a, it's a whole different world. Um, so, you know, assist them through the application and admissions process, uh, help them get connected with advising, uh, help them get registered for the first semester. And then throughout that first semester, I send out kind of biweekly emails with uh, information and important dates that they need to know about. You know, these adult students may not be engaged with campus as much as a traditional student would be, so they miss a lot of that stuff, um, the, the resources that are available on campus. Um, 
dates that things are going on, you know, important dates, drop dates, uh, registration dates. So I just try to keep them informed there. Um, people contact me with technology issues, computer questions. Uh, like it's really, it's a little bit of everything. And I think the pathway pro my transition from pathway to this was sort of a natural progression because we were with pathway, we were helping the community college students engage with the university and connect with the university. Um, I was working with all of the different academic programs. So I have a working knowledge of, of pretty much every major at the university. And that, you know, that really boils down to kind of the top 10 or 15. And, and, and I can figure out the rest mm -hmm. kind of on the fly just because I have, you know, I've been advising for a while and, and I'm familiar with the basics of, of requirements at South. Um, so we really, we, you know, I really am trying to do anything I can for everyone. And, and I usually sign off on all my emails with, you know, call me if there's anything I can do for you. And, and that is a sincere offer. You know, there's not anything I wouldn't uh, advocate for a student, you know, to try and get them the help that they need. And, and I'm always willing to, uh, you know, ask questions and learn new things about the university so that I can uh, share that information with the students I work with. You know, being familiar with the work that you do, I also think an important component is the emotional support that you provide students, yeah. the adult students who are coming back, who are often um, uh, a little hesitant, a little unsure of themselves, and, and just knowing that you're there to help them through that process and and give them uh, a confidence that they can do this yeah well and you think about it uh, adult students are invisible on campus you know when an adult student walks past you do you know that's a student or is it a parent or is it a visitor to campus is it a faculty member so they don't even see one another mm -hmm. unless they are actually in classes together wow. and uh, so you know the, my latest effort has been trying to create some form of community with for the adult students which you know in the age of covid has has uh, been a little bit challenging <laughs> but recently started a canvas working group um with a bunch of adult students in there. And one of the, uh, one of those students, um, volunteered to start a group me, which, uh, I hadn't used before, but it's basically, you know, messaging. And, uh, and we have, um, you know, a few dozen students in that and they're, at, you know, they're interacting not every day, but on a fairly regular basis. And they're asking questions and they're sharing ideas. And we really, I really want to grow that so that these students have a network of students across campus within their own colleges uh, that they can share best practices. You know, how do you how do you balance taking care of your children and getting your homework done? Um, how do you balance working 30, 40 hours a week and taking classes? You know, it's interesting. You said that adult students are often invisible on campus, and yet the demographics are changing. And so what we have historically called non-traditional students will soon be the majority of students. Non-traditional is the new traditional. It's the new traditional, exactly. <laughs> yep. And and I don't think our adult students realize that. And so no. your work in creating a community and a sense of identity and a, and a feeling of belonging is so important. Yes, yeah. Uh, recently, I noticed in the Daily Digest, the rec center was doing parents' night out. Mm -hmm. And it was designed 
for faculty and staff. And I contacted the folks there and said, hey, would you be willing to do some more of these? Because I think it would be beneficial to our adult students. And they, they were totally on board and, and immediately admitted, we never even thought of that for the adult students. So it's, it's just kind of an overlooked population. Um, so around finals time, we're going to do a uh, parent's night off that they can drop their students at the rec center. And I'm going to organize a kind of a, 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 a lead study session here in the College of Education building. They can use the computer labs um, or they can go study wherever they want or they can go out to dinner, <laughs> whatever they want to do with that time. So um, I wanted to ask about some of these myths that, that you have uh, mentioned on the, on the website. Yeah. So let's, let's get into some myths a little bit. Let's sure. uh, bust some of those. What's uh, what's a myth that we want to tackle? Well, you had mentioned that so many students have uh, trepidation in coming and are, are um, a bit insecure about their academic uh, capacity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're uh, quite often adult students, become adult students because they weren't successful traditional <laughs> students, if that makes sense. Um, and they, they come back. Yeah. It's a, it's a brave decision mm-hmm. to willingly throw yourself back into higher education yes. after you've been out for five, 10, 20 years or more. I, I think it's incredibly brave. And, there's always nervousness. There's, there's always this, you know, I wasn't a successful student then. Am I too old to learn now? You know, does this brain still work? And nine times out of 10, if we can get them to the first week of class, they're fine because once they're in class, they have a completely different motivation for being here. And they put in the time, they, they do all the homework, they do all the reading, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're incredibly driven. And I've talked to a few adult students who have told me all the traditional age students Mm want to work with them on group projects (laughs) because they know how hard they work. And I think that adult presence, adult student presence in the classroom immediately changes the dynamic of the class immediately for the better. You know, they, they offer a different perspective, a completely different perspective and quite often a different work ethic. Um, they are a little more comfortable in their own skin. So they're not afraid to raise their hand and ask questions and start the, start the conversation. Um, and, and I think it just benefits everyone. It does. And I, speaking as a faculty member, I know it's always wonderful to have adult students in the classroom because uh, the thing about adult students is they know why they're here and, and they're yeah. here to get it done. Yes. Um, and uh, they are just incredibly responsive. And my understanding is that GPAs for um, adult students are typically as high, if not higher, than the GPAs of what we've historically called traditional age students. Because of that, they know why they're here. Yes. And, and even though they are dealing with the challenges of raising families, full-time jobs, community involvement, they, they do the work and yeah. keep their GPAs up. Yes. I don't, I don't know where they find the time sometimes, but, but they do. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
I've noticed that myself in, in the courses that I've, that I've taught. And I've never seen an adult a student uh, be left out. They, they, the, stu- the traditional students seem to accept them with open arms, and, and they usually end up, like you said, they tend to become the leader of the table, and everybody wants to work with them. And um, some of them kind of mother some mm-hmm. of those students, some yeah. of those undergrads. Yeah, I, I was, I was just really going to say that them. they take on that mother father role That's in right. the classroom. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did a series of, of videos, adult student video interviews last year. And, uh, one of the students I talked to, um, she actually took a class with her son, Oh wow! which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, as she, as she tells the story, um, she walked in the first day and she, you know, they knew they had the class together, but she sat at the back and she didn't want to embarrass him or anything. And, uh, and he came and plopped down next to her and said, Hey mom. So everybody could hear. And, you know, she said the other students were going, Oh, that's his mother. That's his mother. <laughs> and they ended up, they studied together. Um, they became competitive and, and who was going to get the, the better grades and, and mom got the better grades, but you know, the, the son embraced it. She embraced it. And I th- we thought, what a great story. Yeah, that is great. I, I think for me, going back to school after all those years, like you said, I had a completely different perspective. Yeah. I took it a lot more seriously and yeah. to be quite honest, I enjoyed it a lot more. Yes. I just really threw myself into the topics and really got a lot out of it. And, yeah. and I, in a way that I, I just, I don't think I, I was able to in my younger years. Yeah. And, you know, I know when I started my master's in English education, I had to take um, half a dozen undergraduate English courses to, to qualify for the program. So I was the mid thirties guy in a classroom with 18 year olds and I had a blast. Like I loved it. I would come in and sit in a different seat every week and it threw everybody (laughs) off. And I was always, you know, I was doing, we were taking a lot of writing classes at the time and we did a lot of, you know, like, like group, uh, review. And I was always the, the provocateur in there, you know, and I, I wasn't afraid to, to tell people what I think. And, you know, they would read something and everybody would go, Oh yeah, I like that. And I like this. I'm like, I don't care what you like. What, what didn't you like? And I, that's, you know, what you didn't like is, is going to help make you better. Right. That's great. What, what a great experience. So you really firsthand are able to share some experiences with those that you, that you mentor. And, uh, I I know that puts a, a greater connection between you and them as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, I do, I, I feel strongly about all of this stuff. You know, I had sort of a, a circuitous educational route. Mm-hmm. I had a circuitous career route. Um, so I understand it. And, you know, I've been a transfer student. I've been an adult student. I've been, you know, the old guy in a class of 18 year olds. Um, I, I've done a little bit of everything. So I can really relate to that student who is thinking, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I want to get back to school, but I don't know how. Um, yeah, you know, that, that firsthand experience, I think, is really beneficial. And, and I'm always really open to sharing that, you know. It's okay to not understand, um, you know, just keep moving forward, taking that first step of, of calling someone uh, to get help is, is great. You know, recently a friend of a friend 
Well, recently a friend of mine told me about a friend of hers who wants to come back to school. Um, and she, my friend gave her friend my email address. And after a week or so, I hadn't heard anything from her. So I got the woman's email address and sent her an email earlier this week. And she responded within about two hours and said, I'm so glad that you emailed me and we've already got a a schedule to meet. So, you know, just taking that first step. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, she wasn't comfortable taking that first step, but she was comfortable having the hand reached out to her. Right. So I I think we've kind of hit on, on two myths. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second one I think was, about the adults not thinking that they would be accepted by the younger students or would not fit in. And I think we kind of addressed that one as uh, we, we debunked that one. Yes. So do we have any other myths we want to want to tackle? Well, you talked about the previous credit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, quite often when, when I uh, communicate with students, they'll say, well, I was in school 20 years ago, so, you know, that can't apply. But it does. You know, oh, uh, and South has uh, fantastic policies toward previous credit. Um, you know, they they work with the student to accept as many credits as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, we get back to that issue of, of uh, transfer versus count. Um, but, you know, there are programs here that, that we can make great use of all previous credit. You know, a lot of our adult students go into the interdisciplinary studies program for that very reason. It makes great use of previous credit and it gives the student the flexibility to design a program that is specific to their needs. Um, You know, before I started in adult learner services, I didn't know much about interdisciplinary studies, but the more I learn about it, I love it. You know, it's an it's an opportunity for the student to to really customize a program that works for them. Yeah, I was going to ask you to explain a little bit more about that. So you don't you don't go towards a, a traditional um, trajectory, right? For you, like you're going to be an English major. It's it, you get to kind of build something <laughs> yourself. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Um, Interdisciplinary studies, in addition to the the general education requirements, which are pretty much the same as other programs, uh, there's 15 hours of required coursework. And if you look at those five classes, you know, it's interdisciplinary and critical thinking, cultural competency, analytical and information literacy, um, advanced verbal and written communication, and professional leadership and teamwork. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, that I wow, well, I'm yeah. But if you, you know, if you do a quick Google search on the top 10 skills, most employers are looking for those five classes are hitting nine out of 10. Yeah, exactly. And then they get the, um, the content from their concentration. So they may want to look at, you know, do go more toward business or English or, um, other majors, but that's what their concentration can be. Whereas the core courses and, uh, interdisciplinary studies do provide students the opportunity to develop those skills that employers are looking for, like communication and teamwork and critical thinking and problem solving. 
Yeah, and you know, I usually tell students, if you want to be an accountant, you're probably going to major in accounting. If you want to be a nurse or an engineer, there are very specific majors. But if you're just looking to get ahead in your career or um, better compete in the job market having a bachelor's degree, then interdisciplinary, you know, a psychology major, a philosophy major, and an interdisciplinary studies major are potentially all going to be competing for the same kind of jobs, unless you're going into, you know, advanced education in those fields. And as an advisor, one of my standard lines with students was, you know, students would come in, well, I want to know what to take for electives. Well, you know, that's why they call it an elective. You have to choose. But they would come in and say, you know, I want to take something that's easy or I want to take something that doesn't meet at 8 o'clock in the morning. And my standard line was electives are the best part of your education. They're the part that you control where you can take the things that you want. And, you know, that's what interdisciplinary studies is. Um you know, and there, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the major, I think. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, I, I'm, once I explain it to a student, they're always much more interested in it. You know, if they can graduate with that program with 45 hours and, and get some business classes in instead of being a business major and it's going to take 60 hours, then they, they're usually more, more apt to go with interdisciplinary studies. And there are plenty of adult students who they just want to get a college degree, you know, the, in, in the most expedient way possible. Um, you know, I, I think degree progression looks a little bit different for adult students, you know, that many have been in a career for many years and they may not even be looking to change careers. So many of the students that contact me say, I, I've just, I want to do this for me. I want to finish what I started. And we go back to that, you know, that brave decision to at 30, 40, 50 years old, go, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to go back to what I was doing when I was 20 and get it done. <laughs> That's right. Or they hit that ceiling in their job where they can't progress anymore without a degree. Right. And, and then I know some of them come back to school because they have kids who are approaching college age and they want to impress upon their kids the importance of a degree as well. Yes. Oh, it's amazing yeah. the, the different motivations that bring our adult students to us. Yes. There, there's another student I worked with. Um, she was actually a pathway student and, and is now an adult student. Um, and in a conversation with her, she talked about how she includes her son, you know, when she goes to study at the library, she brings her son with her and they, they do their homework together and he loves to ride the Jag train around campus. <laughs> so they'll come to campus, they'll ride the Jag train around and then they'll go and do their homework together. And I think what, what, a, and she's a single mother and I think what a, what a great example for, for her child to, to be part of higher education from that young age. And, you know, you can almost guarantee that's a kid that's going to go to college who might otherwise have not. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. What a great story. Well, as we begin to wrap things up, uh, is there anything that you would like to, to share with the audience or say that uh, you haven't covered yet? I, I think just that 
you know, right now at South, there's, uh, there's close to 2,000 adult students. And they range in age from 23 to 73. Um, the, their motivations and their reasons for being here are all different, but they all have a place here. You know, there, there's now that this office, I mean, the office has been around for a while, but we're, we're also working on recognition campus wide for adult students. You know, not, we're not just trying to benefit the students. We're also trying to benefit the campus in better recognizing adult students and maybe working with them in a different way to be a little bit more flexible or, you know, just, just to be open to, to them on campus and in the classroom. Cause as I said before, it's just such a, a huge benefit uh, to, to diversity in the classroom. I'm, I'm really impressed with the number that you just said, 2000 adult learners yeah. that we have here on campus. That's, that's a, a large number. You mentioned earlier that in the not too distant future, that they may outnumber the, the traditional students. I, I wasn't sure if, um, if that was accurate, but it sounds like maybe that's we're getting close to that, huh? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, South South defines adult student as twenty three and older. Okay. So, you know, it's it's yeah, as I said, it's a wide spectrum from twenty three to seventy three, um, and and the twenty three year olds may look a little bit more like a traditional student, but there's also twenty three year olds who are married and have children and and working full time, which which look more like a tra- a traditional adult student. Is there such a thing? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, and if you look at the numbers, the students between twenty three and twenty five is the largest group. And then, you know, 25 to 30 is a little less 30 to 40, 40 to 50, you know, the numbers drop off as, as the students get older, but we're, you know, we're constantly trying to reach out into the community uh, so that they're aware of this office so that we get the idea in people's minds that they can come back. They can come back to school. And again, you know, that outreach has been difficult in the age of COVID. You know, after I first started, I started going to um, Chamber of Commerce events and just trying to network into the community, um, which which was kind of shut down. But, uh, you know, we're we're trying to get those efforts back up and running. Fantastic. Well, I wish you the best of luck because this is a really important program and the work that you do is significant. I really appreciate that. For, for somebody that went through it as an adult going back to school, um, I, I really appreciate the effort that you're putting into this. Thank you very much. I, I believe in it, you know, and, and I think that that comes across in the work I do, you know, that, that I, I feel strongly about this stuff. I think higher education is important, and whether you're doing it right out of high school or in your retirement. Right. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to, to come in and speak with us today. That's my pleasure. Jenny, thank you for coming and co-hosting with me today. Thank you for the opportunity, John. This was This was great. And thank you for listening. As long as we keep talking to each other, we'll make it together through this thing called life. Sincerely, South.
The Sincerely South podcast series is brought to you by the University of South Alabama College of Education and Professional Studies. Follow the college Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages at USACEPS for the latest news. The podcast episodes are engineered and produced by Dr. Joe Gaston. Podcast executive producer is Dr. Trace DeFurek. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only and are not necessarily acting as representatives for the university or for their places of employment. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.